Hey everybody, welcome to Making It. This is episode 130. I'm Bob Claggett here with Jimmy DeResta. Hey, what's up guys? How you doing? Um, I'm good. Also nice. here with David Pachuto. Hello, hello, hello. I, I kind of sped through David. I said David. How about David Pachuto? Is that better? I like, I like David. David? Sure. David. Oh. Start calling you David. We're trying to save time, right? Time is important. <laughs> That's right. Swallowing all words, each one of us. Yes. All right. We're here with David and Jimmy. <laughs> That's going to be a thing now. Yeah, probably. We can cut that out if we need to. Uh, what's going on? What are you guys up to? I just got back from Maker Fair Dayton. And that was a good time. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was it? Is that where you sent the printing press picture from, Dayton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, that was cool. The, uh, the, the Maker Fair took place at, in the historical park in Dayton, uh, where you can see some Wright Brothers um, planes and tools and 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 things, and there's uh, in the in the park they also have these old houses, and so you can see people making candles and blacksmithing. There's a, a working printing press still there, and a really really beautiful park. Perfect place to have a maker fair. So many cool things to see. Sweet. How did your talk go? It went really good. It, I was really nervous, and then when I got there and saw the lay of the land, that calmed all my nerves, and it went great. Hmm. I don't know why I was so nervous, and I don't know why were I waited you, so long to do one. Were you like shaky hand nervous or throw up nervous? <laughs> Neither one. Just okay, nervous uh, that um, that I was going to rush through things or skip over things or just not be very presentable. And I, I think it went great. I recorded it. There's definitely some things I could work on. It's one of those things I can improve. And uh, I think people responded well to it. Nice. What did you talk about? Uh, the topic was called 10 Things to Make You a Better Maker. So we just went oh, through cool. 10, 10 different Making It podcast topics. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You should have said, That's... number one, there's a book about cutting boards. That's the first one that will make you better. The second one is one about bandsaw boxes. Yeah. Okay. What do I want to eat more for the next 30 minutes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's cool. I'm glad it went well. Yeah. Did you do a Q and A at the end? I did. Yeah. That was uh, that was the um, so the half of it was to talk, and then the other half was a Q and A. And I'm always way more comfortable during. The I was going to say a Q and A is a great way to just get out of being stressed out about it because yep. you have a conversation with the audience, and it's much more fun. And there's always a lot more gems in that than trying to do mm-hmm. something prepared. Yep. I when I did a talk at Maker Fair this uh, in California this year, um, the. I was worried about rushing through it as well. Like that was like a big concern. You know, I'd written out all this stuff. Um, and as I was reading it over, I was like, yeah, I think I can stretch this out to whatever it was, 30 minutes or something. But I knew as soon as I get up there, I was going to get all like, okay, okay, this is exciting. Mm-hmm. And there's people and I'm talking and I'm adding in stuff. And blah, 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 you know, I'm just going to like burn through it in like 10 minutes and then have to stand there and look at them for 20 minutes. But it turned <laughs> out that I like actually had more to say at the end. Yeah. Didn't even get through it all. So. I think one of the things that I'm nervous about is, you know, when you when you get nervous and you try to talk and you lose your breath and then you can never catch your breath because you're talking. And yeah. I was so nervous that that was going to happen. It never did happen. But that was one of the things I, I'm just being nervous about silly things, of course. But yeah, well, it's, it's an experience. I mean, it's one of those things until you do it, you don't really know how you're going to react to it. And, yeah. and the next time you do it, it'll be way easier. Uh, yeah, probably. probably. Yep. Cool. Jimmy, what yep. are you up to? 
Uh, I'm working on. Jimmy, I'm working on a project for my friend. I talked about it in my vlog, but my friend owns a company called Sprayground. They make backpacks. They're like the sneaker, hip hop sneaker equivalent of backpacks. Started out making backpacks for uh, graffiti artists. And it's become this huge thing. The backpacks are very collectible. I don't know if it's just a New York thing because I see young kids all over New York wearing his backpacks. And mm. it has like his most classic design is like the upside down shark mouth, like the Jaws shark mouth goes across the graphic. And he uses that graphic across everything. And so he, he sells a combination of licensed goods with like he, he has deals with certain rappers and a combination of his own designs. And so I'm making up some of his designs, large props to be in the shop. One of them is these gold bars, which I Instagrammed a little bit about. Just big gold bars, and he's going to put his bags on the gold bars. It's a, it's very hip-hop oriented. And um, another one is going to be big giant folds of money, so I got big printouts of $100 bills. Did you guys know that you can't open up money in Photoshop? Really? No. If you took a pic, I took a picture of a hundred dollar bill and I brought it into Photoshop and there was a big warning. It says you can't open money in Photoshop. You can't edit money faces in Photoshop. What? So I turned off the cloud and it did the same thing. It says you can't edit money. And so then I was like, wow, maybe Illustrator won't notice it. And Illustrator said, I don't care. <laughs> so I opened it in Illustrator and I just had to crop out the background from the, I just took a photograph of it in sunlight and it's a really crisp photo. On my iPhone, and so in uh, Illustrator, I just made a big compound mask just to get rid of the background. Brought it to Kinko's, and I said, or uh, FedEx office, and I said, "Can I print this?" And the guy goes, yeah, "As long as it's not the regular size of regular money, I don't care." Yeah. And we printed out; it's uh, forty inches by eighty something inches. So I'm going to make three big money rolls with the three rolls I printed, and then I'm making a big popsicle stick. I started that today, which uh, maybe I'll Instagram a little bit about it later today. And uh, yeah, that's it. And then I'm also uh, playing with you guys. I'm showing you guys my fidget spinner, my vintage fidget, fidget spinner. Um, learning the the Tormac and the, the interface fusion with that. You think it's been a year? I wouldn't know what I'm doing, but I'm starting to make some breakthroughs. I'm starting to Benjamin Button a little bit. I'm actually starting to understand. And as a matter of fact, this morning when I talked to the client about the 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 icicle pop that I have to make. I was gonna. I was about to sketch it, and I was like, "Oh, fusion's open." I went into fusion, and within three seconds, I made the actual shape in fusion. Spun it in space, did four screen grabs, sent it to them, and said, "Is this the shape that we're looking for? Perfect shape, exactly." Nice. So, you know, so it's it's starting to become part of the workflow, uh, not by force, but by organic integration, which is nice. Because when you right. try and force these things, it just feels so forced. <laughs> lack of the same word. Imagine that. Well, organically, yeah. you'll retain the information. Yeah. So I made my little fidget spinner, which is uh, the one I'm holding up in front of me, and and I just I've been playing with this. When if this is once this is in brass, I am never going to let it go. It's in wood, and I've been playing. It's like holding a little wooden doily. But once it's in brass, and it really spins nice between my fingertips, this is like totally off center, and I can keep it going. And like I told you guys, I have a break. I just want to stop it. I pinch my fingers and stuff. There's steam coming out of Bob's ears right now. <laughs> we no, had man. a pact. We you had a pact. Nobody's allowed to make a fidget spinner pre uh, post 1990, but mine's 1930. So oh. <laughs> I'm still within the pact. Well, I, going back to your your giant hundred dollar bill, I definitely think you should start a comedy channel that's just you going into stores and trying to pay for stuff <laughs> with that, because that would be like <laughs> totally serious, deadpan, like just you know pull it out of a backpack, unroll it on the table, and be like, here you go. 
Well, you know, it's funny. I, everything, I, you know, you, you, you give a quote for these jobs and then you, you never really, like, I don't know how much that's going to, I figured like $100 a piece. It's $200 a piece to print those. Really? $200 a piece to print them. And then I was like, well, that's an awful lot of money. I was like, can I save a little bit of money printing it on a different material? It could be just, you know, shoddy paper. It doesn't need to be the fancy gloss stuff. And you go, oh, you could print it on banner paper for cheaper. So it ended up being, for three prints, it ended up being $500 plus tax. So... Uh, the banner paper is that plastic stuff. Like it might hang like a store sign. You know, you put rivets in the corner, so it's like mm. meant to be windproof. So printing it on that was cheaper than printing it on paper. So I have it printed on that, yeah. and it's a little bit more durable. It's it's, it's water resistant, which is good because if I printed on that and we get like I happen to move it in the rain or whatever, the rain would definitely mess with it. So uh, even though I picked it by because it was cheaper, I should have picked it because it was more durable, which which is by default what I have. Hmm. And uh, so I'm working on that and. Um, this week, I guess I could talk about it. They, were, they, know, they never told me not to, but I'm doing two segments on this old house. And they're going to shoot tomorrow at my workshop. So I'm doing a segment with Kevin tomorrow. We're going to shoot two segments tomorrow and then the next day. And it's going to be appear this season on Ask This Old House. So the cameraman was just here, the B-roll cameraman shooting around the property, shooting video of the chickens and stuff. Because I just kind of, kind of integrate my lifestyle into that segment. That's really That's awesome. cool. Yeah, and so Kevin's coming here tonight. He says he he wants to stay at the house, and uh, and then also Kyle's coming tonight. So the house, since I've been up here, the house has been like a revolving door of friends and family. Raina and her dad were here for the weekend. They had a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. So Kyle's coming. He's going to set the uh, foundation pillars in the backyard, and you know, leading up to making a building back there. And he's driving here from Illinois. So wow. Kyle, thank you for that. I'll get to thank you a thousand times in person between now and then, but between now and when this airs but thank you brother so yeah that's it awesome I'm, I'm, I'm sure people can hear me typing and i apologize for that but since i've moved i don't have a desk so i don't have my mute switch so you can hear me <laughs> type so when he put that out there so nobody throws a fit about it but are you are you working for the airlines are you like doing <laughs> reservations yeah <laughs> doing data entry to get some extra money on the side while we're recording a podcast um, so for me, I've been working on everything. It feels like I should start to catch up a little bit by now, but I'm not. But, yeah. it, I, like it just feels like I should have some normalcy, and I just. How many floors have you put in that house since you've been there? How many? Like how many different rooms? Yeah. Uh, one, two, three, <laughs> four, five. Oh rooms. my god, that's a lot of flooring, man. That's expensive too. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're picking the good stuff. I noticed you're not picking yeah, the chart. You're not picking from the uh, leftover bin. No, no, no. We <laughs> we figured like if we're gonna do it, let's do it right. And yeah. I tried my hardest to find a flooring sponsor, but <laughs> to no avail. So yeah, we yeah. spent a lot of money on flooring. But I have a close friend that worked with a very popular flooring sponsor. It didn't work out well. So you're probably better off. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I've been I've been putting down flooring. Like we had um, we have a grand a baby grand piano and. It was delivered, like they came and picked it up in Savannah like three weeks ago, and it got delivered the other day. And they they said we'll call you a couple days ahead of time so you know when it's coming. Whatever. They called and said we're outside. Piano will be here tomorrow morning. And I'm like, but the room doesn't have floor yet. So hmm. I dropped everything, spent that whole day just putting down flooring so that they could put the piano on top of the floor. And then they scratched the floor. Oh. And I told, and they tried really hard not to. It was two really nice guys, and I told them, "I just laid this. Please be careful." And they were like, "Okay, we will." And they tried. It was just the uh, dolly did some damage, but not too bad. 
Um, but yeah, so I've been doing flooring. We're still, we're still painting like every room. We're hanging curtains, you know, all the stuff. I have gotten into the shop a little bit finally. I don't know if I talked about this last week, working on the work tables. Did I talk about that? No. <clears throat> so I'm making some work tables. Um, oh, wait, on, you said that they're going to be convertible. I heard you talk about some. Yeah. Maybe I heard you, maybe I heard you say it on Instagram. You're going to make a four foot and then two two foots? Yeah, four by four and then two two by fours. And uh, just two by four table, like two by four lumber, but the dimension of the table will also be two foot by four foot. And, uh, so they're just pretty simple construction, but in each corner, and this is, uh, thanks to one of my, uh, people who watch on, on Twitch, we had a really cool Twitch stream where I tried to get everybody to collaborate on ideas for these work tables, which was super awesome. Great ideas, really helpful people. But so we came up with the idea, this guy, Doc Darkness, he goes by that on on Twitch, came up with the idea to put magnets in. So if you're looking at one side of the table, the magnet is on the left, a washer is on the right, and you do that on every side of every table. So every face that you stick together is always going to have opposing magnets and washers so that they always have something to stick to. And so I've got that working. And other than the two by fours being a little bit, not straight, you know, and so like not everything is perfectly square. Other than that, they work really well. So you can just snap two tables together and it becomes a four by six. And then you snap another one on and it's a four by eight. And then you can like pull them apart and make them an L shape or make it long and skinny. It's, it's super cool. Nice. So, and then the uh, smaller tables, the tops are hinged and they lift up and they have like gas struts on the inside to help them open. Oh wow. Are they on wheels? The tables? Yeah. Everything's on wheels. That's kind of my first project in the shop, and it's helping me actually get the shop usable because now I have surfaces to work on, which is pretty awesome. So, yep. Hopefully, I'll finish those, and then I can start doing like some project projects. Uh, I'm in my office right now, and you guys can see it. It's just like a bare stud. It's like a storage room, just stud walls, no drywall, and uh, so I got a lot of work to do in here to get it situated it's like one of those things where i'm like oh i just got to do my office so then i can set up my office but then to do the office is like i have to take down the ceiling and put up lights and then i have to take down you know this all these extra shelves and put up drywall and then i want to cut a giant hole in the wall here and add a window and then i want to you know it's just like it's not one thing and then i have to build a desk i realized that a couple days ago (laughs) i'm in i'm recording the podcast in my kitchen and i have been because where my office is we had to tear uh, we're, we're putting in carpet, but before the carpet could be put in there, I had to tear down this built-in cabinet and like little like day bed that was built into the wall, and uh, and now the carpet's not being installed for like another two and a half weeks, and so I'm not going to move anything, everything in there, and then mm. move everything out again. So I'm just recording the podcast in in the kitchen, and then once the carpet is moved in there, I have to build a desk. So mm, I'm yeah. kind of in the same boat. Yep. Yep. I was wondering why they, your audio smelled so delicious. Mm. In the kitchen. <laughs> Fresh, freshly baked. Yeah. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today? This is our annual fashion show. Nice. And we're going to talk about what we wear in the shop and why. <laughs> cool. <laughs> or we should just show off what we're wearing and nobody can I see forgot it. what we talked about before the podcast started. I'm like, wait, what fashion show is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so you have me going. I was like, wait a minute. Am I in the I, right podcast? Yeah. I, I think a while ago we teased about talking about this, and uh, we've had a couple people say, "Hey, when are you going to talk about what you wear and why you why you wear it?" And so I will start off with the shoes that I wear. I used to be a Chuck Taylor guy, and then uh, and a Vans slip-on guy, and then I started getting foot and back pain. And I went to a therapist uh, who's a friend of ours, and he said, you should go to the running shop and get fitted for shoes. And I walk into the running shop to get fitted for shoes, and I told the lady what my problem was, and she looked at my feet and said, this will be the last day you ever wear those Vans. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. And she fitted me uh, with some running shoes and with um, uh, power step insoles in there. And that almost immediately took care of my my foot problems. I I still have a little bit of back issues, but that's probably for not being fit. But uh, working on concrete all day... um, but not not every day. But when I am working on the concrete, that's that's hard on your feet. And the running shoes, there's something about a running shoe that's different than a regular shoe, where I think there's a either hardness or softness in the middle, which is different than the the two ends. Bob, you're shaking your head. Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's a okay. lot different about them. But yeah. And um, so yeah, took care of all my issues right away. So that is why I wear the shoes I do wear now. They're they're Nike running shoes with power step insoles. Hmm. Wow, I just started wearing those too. Actually, I started. I, I made, they're Nike running shoes. I don't know exactly what the brand is. I mean, what the model is. But Taylor ordered them online, and my name is on the side. So I don't know if that gives you any indication. And they have like a mesh top, and when the lights shine at them, the whole my whole foot lights up, like when I'm walking <laughs> on the road. So I don't know what brand that is, but you have to have them made on the website. They're about 150 bucks, hmm. and I they, she's buying them for me to encourage me to start to exercise. But um, I I do like wearing them. When she first got them for me, I was like a little, I'm like, I'm not wearing, like, I like Vans or I like Blundstones. That's it. I never really wear, or I'm barefoot. But uh, I'm either Blundstones with socks or Vans with no socks. And uh, I started wearing those. Or Crocs, I really, right? Uh, well, Crocs are gone. I don't know what happened to them. They're missing somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor probably threw them away. <laughs> now, you know what? The Crocs are good for like outside. Because we have a gravel driveway, and so that's really why I have Crocs. They, they sit outside the side door. If I don't feel like slipping on shoes, I put my Crocs on quick to go out to the car, and then I'm like, oh, i got to go to the shop. And then all of a sudden, I'm in a video with my Crocs on. It's just too lazy to slip on regular shoes. And now my Crocs are missing. I don't know where they are. They're kind of like uh, in the mudroom all the time, but now they're gone. But yeah, and uh, so I, I, I'm, the reason I'm chiming in is just because those running sneakers really do feel comfortable, and, and I haven't really taken advantage of that as an adult. I used to just put on running sneakers to run, and that's it. And like, I'd take them right off. Yeah. Um, it was just sort of me being as like a fashion snob. But now I wear them all the time. And in fact, in my Instagram story, my friend Jacob sent me a, a picture of my feet because I showed my feet for one second. He goes, running shoes. He goes, you've changed. <laughs> he was being so <laughs> Yeah, it's totally funny that he picked that out because he knows that I would never wear them otherwise. That's but funny. yeah, so they're, they're very I, comfortable. I, I kind of had the same situation. I mean, I... I'm a runner, so I have running shoes, but I keep those specifically for running because uh, you you just you impact the soles differently when you're walking and when you're running, and so they wear differently. And so I've always, as much as I run, I've always just had running shoes for running. But uh, my normal daily wears have always, for like the last I don't know twenty something years, have been whatever was the gray 
cheap shoe I could find at shoe carnival, you know, it was like new balance or whatever. I, I would scan the room, look for gray and then find the <laughs> cheapest one of those. And, you know, so it was like kind of a, kind of a, a tennis shoe, but it's just, it's just whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was like 50, 60 bucks. And I would go through those, wear them until they fall apart and then get another pair. And I was having back problems too, because I was spending so much time on concrete I didn't have it when I was, you know, working at a desk all the time. But once I started being in the shop more, my lower back started hurting a lot. And, uh, I just decided one day, like I spend a hundred and something dollars on running shoes. Why not spend that same amount on the stuff I wear every single day, at least once and try it out. And I, I, it's funny because I have Nikes too, where I just randomly like Googled what's the best running shoe for daily wear. And it was like Nike starts with a V. I don't know what it's called. Vlo la 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 something. And so I saw that name. I looked them up on Amazon and bought a pair. And I was just like, I'm just going to try them. They're kind of expensive. They're twice as expensive as my shoe carnival shoes, but I'm just going to try them. (laughs) And and honestly, I'm on my second pair of those now because they're so much more comfortable. My back, my lower back stopped hurting. And now they're just my daily wears and I've taken them out running and I like them better for running than my other Brooks running shoes that I used to run in. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I I think it's one of those things where for me, I always looked at shoes like who cares, just go cheap because you're going to wear through them. But spending a little bit more money on them has made like my back a lot more comfortable. And, and I've thought about getting, you know, some sort of a more durable, like a boot or steel toe something for in the shop, you know, just for safety's sake. But like I have one pair of steel toed work shoes. They're not boots and they are so heavy. It's insane how heavy they are. I would not I put them on and I was like, nope, I'm not wearing these every day. These Bluntstones that t- Taylor found them for me online. I, I usually just wear regular Bluntstones, but the last pair she finds, she finds them for me all like, She's like my mom when it comes to my shoes. Like, I'll just come home and there'll be new shoes. She's like, put your new shoes on. That's it. And so she takes my old ones like without me noticing, and she throws them away. I'm like, wait. Exactly. Wait. You can't find your Crocs. That's what I'm saying, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, she's, she's like my mom. <laughs> and uh, so she, this last pair she got me has steel toe. And it's hard to find them. They don't carry them in America. They're from somewhere else. And uh, But the Bluntstones without the steel toe or with the steel toe are very light, and they're extremely comfortable. And the best thing about them in my life, I, I, I don't have time for, for laces. You know, it sounds like a commercial. I don't have time for laces. Hey, try slip-ons. And so that's what I wear. I wear slip-ons no matter what. It's either the, uh, the slip-on Vans or the slip-on Bluntstones. And then these sneakers that I just talked about, I tie them to the right. I mean, I haven't run in them yet. I will tighten them if I do. But I just get them to like a certain tightness, tension, and then that's it. I just never untie them. I just slip them on and off. Yeah, I can't. I hate laces. I, I wish laces would, you know. Well, go away. here's the thing. I mean, I do the same thing. I keep mine like double knotted at a certain place and just slip them on and off. But they do have these running laces for runners um, that are you don't tie them. They have like a tensioner on them, so you oh yeah you pull like one thing and yeah, and then you tension it down to the mm-hmm. tightness, and it still gets the same effect of there being a knot there. But it's you don't actually right. have to tie them. Hmm. So yeah. that might be something that would be helpful if if you yeah. need. Well, I mean, like those shoes, even if you did want to run in those, but also be your daily wears, that would be a quick way to go back and forth. It's funny. Taylor did mention that. She's like, we can get you, because she knows I hate knots. She goes, you could uh, get those little slippy things. She goes, I'll (laughs) buy them for you. Slippy things. Yeah. She had to make it sound like I'm a little kid, so I like them. (laughs) Okay. Bow biters? I'll get the bow biters. 
<laughs> if anybody's interested, the, the pair of shoes that I have, I actually have three pair. I have the outdoor pair. I have an indoor pair. And mm, and then I have um, a future pair. So when the outdoor pair gets old, I can the, the exact. I own two pair of blacks, and one's brand new. I haven't worn them yet. Just so when one gets old, I can move on to the next one. And then my indoor pair is white, so I don't get them confused with outdoor and indoor. But it's the Nike Free RN 2017, the most comfortable shoe I have ever worn. I I love them. Um, I it's just. They're really light, and they they just they fit me perfect. And then I use the Power Step insoles in there. Nice. Mine are Nike Air Zoom Vomero, V O M E R O. So, and here's a here's a trick I learned if you're buying shoes, and I I learned this with uh well, at least on Amazon, um with running shoes because running shoes are like Brooks are really expensive. Like 150 bucks a pair for shoes that you're just gonna run in all the time, but shoes are made in like number. Like every year, there's a new whatever Nike Air X, and so this year it's 11. Next year it'll be 12, and the same thing for running shoes. And so what I do is if the like I always ran in Brooks Ravina running shoes, and so right now they're on like Ravina 15s. So I'll go on Amazon and search for Ravina 14, last year's mm-hmm. model, and they're like 50 bucks. They're way cheaper. It's just last year's model, and since I'm going to burn through them on the road anyway, it's like whatever. So that's another way to get like good but a little bit cheaper shoes is just to look for the previous year number model. Pro tip. Um, also, in sh- when wearing shoes like we're all talking about, I've had several people mention uh with like mesh top shoes if you're welding or if you're doing like grinding anything with sparks the mesh is really bad for that because it can burn through that easier than like a canvas or something uh your sparks can either just fall through or melt through depending on the material so if that's something you're doing a lot you know you may want to stay away or find a way to cover the top of them or something like that yeah no when i know i'm gonna have a heavy shop day i wear the i wear the blunt stones yeah cool what else are we talking about? Um, pants. Pa- pants. Pants. Talking about pants. <laughs> you guys I, wear pants in the shop? <laughs> well, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm just wearing jeans. I'm just wearing Levi jeans every day. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing special at all. Levi's five oh fives. That's it for me. Button, oh, five elevens for me. A five, uh, button with a zipper. That's it. Mm. Straight leg, classic fit. That's what I like. I, I eat through them. I have like 20 pairs. And Taylor always tells me I could sell them to the Japanese for a lot of money. She's like, you know, you can get like $500 for these pants. Because I destroy them. They're like a month old and they already have holes in the knees and like worn spots from the wallet. Hmm. So so uh, here's a, another thing. I always go for the cheapest jeans. I go to Target or Old Navy where the, you know, it's like 10 pairs of jeans for $22. And I'm like, all right, sweet. Um, have you guys found that Levi's or anything like that actually last longer? Are they worth the extra money that you're spending when you're working in the shop and you're, you know, they're taking abuse? I wouldn't say last longer. I would say they fit much, much better than, than yeah, the It's a matter the of comfort. Is it, yeah. It's a matter of, I mean, I destroy everything. Like when I try and get like, like I, I bought these pants, they're $250 a pair from Red Cloud. I wear them in the winter. They're wax, so you can't wear them in the summer at all. But they're $250 a pair. I literally wear them every day for like a month and a half. I never wash them. 
And the guy's like, they're guaranteed. I just, I rent the seams of splitting just because I'm just so hard on clothes. So these red cloud pants are the ones I've worn in a lot of videos. Like again, when it's a little colder out, that as soon as the spring hits, you just can't wear them. They're just too hot. And, uh, but they're great pants. They have pockets. They have all kinds of cool pockets and double fronts. And, uh, you know, I get down on my knees and I stand up and I could rub the knee off and it goes back to normal. But it's splitting on the seam and it splits in the crotch. That's usually where it always happens to me. Like right inside my thigh always starts to rip apart. And that's probably because I wear my pants low. And when I go to like open my legs, I'm like pulling a lot of stress on the seam that's like 10 inches below where it's supposed to be because my pants are always falling off my non-existent <laughs> butt. So it's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's true. Will you send Bob a photo for the, the cover image this week? Uh, oh, of my of my uh, my droopy drawers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely any... a matter of comfort, really, more than than okay. stability. Hmm. Well, I don't have any comfort issues with my cheap jeans, so maybe I'll stick with those. <laughs> but I do like. Uh, it's funny because as I get older, we talked about getting older last week. I find that like I've never really cared about what I wear and how it looks or anything, anyway. You know, but. I've heard several people be like, cargo shorts? What are you, like an old dad? I'm like, man, cargo shorts are awesome because you can carry <laughs> junk in them. So I find myself, like, you know, faced with, I'm at that point in life where, like, I just want to wear this thing because it's useful, even though it's not hip. Um, right. But yeah, anyway, all that to say, like, I, I still really enjoy wearing baggy cargo shorts and cargo pants. To, you know, I don't wear them that often. But they're just, like, useful for carrying stuff. You know, I have a bunch of extra hardware I need. I can just drop it in the thing. I have extra knives. The cargo-type pants that I like to wear are uh, are military-issue pants. So when I'm at an Army-Navy shop, I'll usually get... I have Right now, I have about three pair that I use. I, I never wear them in a video. I usually wear them, like, at night, like, as pajamas or if I'm exercising. But I do like cargo pants, like, uh, that... Have, I just recently bought like with digital camo on them, so they were in they were in Afghanistan or something from a Army Navy shop on my way to Oklahoma. So I do like them, I like the military issue ones, because they do fit well. They have like a certain, and then they have some adjustability in the in the waist, because you know I have a body of a pregnant woman, so I always need to open up the sides of my pants. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I like the adjustability of the actual military pants, because it's usually like you know, 30 to 34 or 34 to 36. It's like, you got a oh, range. Right. It's not just like with a pair of Levi's, if you don't hit it right, you know, you, you're killing your baby all day long. <laughs> 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 wow. Uh, you know what I'm mo- saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I understand. <laughs> Moving on up to shirts. Shirts. Cotton. 100% cotton, no matter what. If it's not cotton. if And mm. I love wearing shirts that people send me. So if you notice, like, as soon as somebody gives me a shirt, mm-hmm. I open it up, and then the next image, I'm wearing it for a week in every other video. So I like to wear shirts that people make, and but you got to make cotton shirts. You can't make anything that has any little bit of rayon in it. Not just for me, but for anybody. I find so, it why is cotton. It? I just can't. Like, I'll put on a shirt, and if it's not 100% cotton, I'll, like, want to tear it off my body. It just feels like I'm wrapped in saran wrap. It's just like I need something that breathes. And even mm. those like so-called Under Armour shirts that breathe, it's like putting on a sandwich bag. I am like, oh, I got to get this. Like I put it on. I'm like, get it off me. Taylor's mother always buys me like, well, she she has in the past, not recently, but um, like exercise type of like Under Armour, like stretchy winter, supposed to keep you warm. I like want to tear them off. I just can't stand the way they feel on my skin. It has to be 100% cotton. Hmm. Interesting. 
My I like wearing t-shirts in the shop, and my favorite are the American Apparel Tri-Blend. They're just so soft and comfortable, and I I think they fit me well. Um, and in the wintertime, uh, I, I still try to wear t-shirts, but a lot of times it's some sort of button-down that I roll up the sleeves on. Yeah, that's kind of the same for me. Like, if, if it were, if the weather were permitting i would probably wear jeans a t-shirt and a some sort of overshirt whether a button-up or a hoodie every single day that's like my favorite comfort like i feel enclosed and wrapped up and you know whatever but just that doesn't work most of the time so um but yeah i'm kind of the same way actually the t-shirt i'm wearing right now is one of the most comfortable t-shirts i've ever ever worn and i just randomly got it but if i could get this shirt over and over, I would wear this every single day. I don't know what it is. It's just like a cheap T-shirt, but man, like super comfortable. So none of you I guys have, use pockets in your shirts at all? No. I like a pocket tee. I do like I have a pocket right here because I'm always switching between sunglasses and my regular glasses, my reading mm. ones. So my reading ones always stay here usually. And uh, But I just discovered when I went to do Filson in May, I showed up and I was wearing like a Hanes T-shirt. And uh, my buddy Mike goes here, he goes, here, put on a Filson shirt, the guy that works there. So I put on a Filson T-shirt, a black Filson T-shirt, and it fit great. It really was kind of, it's like a little bit heavier. It's all cotton, feels a little bit more durable. And uh, so I just went back to Filson the other day and I bought four more of them in green and black just because they were so comfortable. And they're, they're like a little bit higher quality so you could wear them to a meeting. I actually had a meeting that day. So you could wear them to a meeting and not feel like you're wearing like a raggedy shop shirt that's got like the edges all burnt out from a grinding wheel or something. Mm. So it's like a, a quality thick shirt that if it was, you know, if it didn't have sawdust on it, it would look actually somewhat dressy. <laughs> so, okay, that's an interesting point. I'm curious. And I think I know the answer, but I just want to ask it for... I never change ever. Know, completeness. Um <laughs> No, like, do you do you separate out your work clothes from like your not work clothes? Uh, I just put on my cleanest clothes when it's time to go do something. Like, I'll, I'll like look at everything that I usually wear in a day. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't have any burn holes from the grinder at the waist. Okay, I'll grab this. This isn't. This is my newest shirt. I've only worn this once before. And then I have a couple pair of jeans that aren't too worn out. And I'll just that'll be it for me usually. <laughs> I remember a conversation I had uh, with a, an old boss of mine, and he was in, in an 80s cover band. And we were talking about uh, fashion and, and clothes. And he was like, yeah, you know, you, you have your everyday clothes, and then you have your stage clothes. And I was like, no, my clothes are the same, whether I'm on stage or at home. That's, yeah. that's it's, 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 it's all the same for me. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, I think when I first started spending more time in the shop several years ago, I went through that, like, you know, oh, I'm going to go down and paint something. Should I change shirts? Mm. Yeah, I'll be careful. And I remember, <laughs> yes. Well, no, I remember actively And then you have a handprint on your back and you don't know it. <laughs> I remember actively thinking, no, if I get this shirt dirty, I'm still going to wear it because, like, I want I want to, to be making stuff be my thing, not, like, a thing that I do on the side. So if my clothes end up looking like I make stuff all the time, then right on. I'm not going to, like break apart and that wasn't a big deal but i'm not going to break apart my clothes you know as to like this or that just clothes are clothes and if i'm dirty i'm dirty but. Mm-hmm. Hmm. i do it all the time where i'll wear like one of my fancy new filson shirts that cost 25 dollars t-shirt to the to the part to the workshop i'll be like i'm just going to be super careful today and then i come home i think i'm super careful and then i look at myself in the mirror and i have like a straight glue line right across the bottom of my pregnant belly yes like leaned on the edge of the table and i got it i got so many shirts and pants totally ruined yeah (laughs) 
And even even like when we we're painting the old house, uh, I'm getting ready to paint. I'm like, uh, I have all my new Levi's. I should change. And then I was like, nope. I'm just gonna be careful, like Jimmy said. And of course, <laughs> I get a drip or two of paint on there that I don't that I don't see right away. So, of course, it's all yeah. the same. Well, my wife was walking around the house painting the other day, and uh, she was like painting trim and all this stuff. And like later on in the day, one of my kids was like, "Mommy, why is your butt white?" And she had like backed into a wall or something, and so she mm-hmm. had like <laughs> a bunch of her pants were painted. She was like, "Oh, oh well, it's just the <laughs> way it goes," you know. If you paint with oil, forget it. You're going to get it on you no matter what. No, if you paint, paint with latex, with you might get lucky. But if you do anything with oil paint, it's just going to get on, it's going to get everywhere. Okay. It'll get on your phone, it'll get in your hair, it'll get well, on your eyebrow. Let's talk <laughs> in your eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, it will. Is, is that a problem? Has that happened before? Well, well, my eyebrows go wandering, so. Oh, I see. You drag them along the hallway as you're walking. <laughs> yeah. um, so why? Let's talk about oil paint. Totally off topic for a second. Yeah. Do you guys use oil paint at all? I do, yeah, sometimes. Why? Because it, it has a, a more hardy finish, and I use oil paint when I'm painting steel. It tends to have a little bit more of a durable finish, and uh, it it stays, sometimes it stays wet longer, so that, uh, for instance, like I just paint in my new Rockla video, I use the Rockla spray, which happens to work really well. I use the Rockla spray to spray these shelves, and tonight I will do the color, but we just did the primer. It was an oil-based primer, and... It stays wet a little bit longer so that you could keep a wet edge when you spray or when you paint. Because sometimes the worst is when you're doing latex and you go to paint and you're like, oh, let me touch. And, t- and then you tear the skin of the previous layer you painted like 10 minutes before. So sometimes you got to put prep soil or something else in the, in the latex to keep it a little bit wet longer. So that if you're doing trim work or something, you want to get a nice like long brush stroke in it. You can't do that with the latex paint. A lot of guys mm. will tell you that. But I mean, I, that being said, I like the ease of using a latex paint. I just go, ah, screw it. I'll clean it up later and sand it, paint it one more time. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I've I've always despised oil. Despised it's a pain in paints, the ass so. because you know it's a big cleanup. You got to be committed to mineral spirits, and you got to you know you got to dump it in your neighbor's yard when no one's looking. It's, <laughs> it's really tough. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> How many of you guys wipe your gluey hands on the bottom of your pants? At the very bottom, by my je- by the, by my by, I wipe them on my socks. Actually, I reach under my oh. thing and I wipe them on my socks. Maybe that should be my socks new thing. Aren't quite, yeah, the socks aren't quite as expensive as a pair of jeans, so I do that all the time. Well, I usually always try to carry uh, my my hanky with me, my my red bandana. But sometimes it, I lose it. I get to the shop and I lost it somewhere in between my house and it's gone. Or like I'll get back in the car later and it'll be like hanging out at the back door. But I always try and have my bandana on me. And the bandana will get used for anything. It doesn't matter. Anything. I mean, cuts, scrapes, you know, anything. Yeah, it's a good call. Because I use them up. I'll, just, I'll, I'll literally rip it in half and like make a small tourniquet for my finger and then deal with, you know, getting another one later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think I wipe glue on my clothes. I've never really hmm. actively done that. Like my work table, the underside of my work table is covered with glue because it's just like yeah. reach down there and smudge it off, you know. And but I was I, I some at some point early on in my woodworking career, uh, I borrowed a woodworking DVD from the library, and the instructor was just like. Just wipe your hands in the bottom of your pants. Nobody will <laughs> ever know. And I just got into the habit of wiping my gluey hands all the way in the bottom of my pants. But now I might use my socks. That's a that's a good idea. 
Well, the underside of the table, I do a little time. I, I, like if I'm doing a big glue up and I get a big gob of glue in my hands, I just scrape it under the edge of the table. It kind of takes yeah. it off like a, like a, a squeegee. Mm-hmm. And then like an hour later when there's just like one glob that's like hanging and not dry that it gets on my knee and my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I can't win. I just, I stopped trying. And what, what you guys didn't see is Jimmy showed his bandana with a little part of it cut out. <laughs> no, you know what it is? That's a hole in that because when Bear was a was a puppy, Taylor always used to get him riled up with a red bandana. Uh, and now if I walk by and he's in a playful mood, he'll just yank it out of my back pocket. And this one, he, I chased him in, I chased him around the yard yesterday and I wasn't able to get to him before. He literally was like about to tear it to ribbons. And he got one rip in it before I took it back. But he yanked it out of my pocket and ran away. Huh. All right. Uh, let's see. So hats. Yeah, hats. Any, anything specialized in your hat department uh, or in shop use? I've always kind of worn a hat. I've grown up wearing hats, and I don't have. I don't think I have a good reason to wear hats. I just. It. I just do. And uh, sometimes in the wintertime, I wear the. I don't know the little newsboy hat, and then the summertime, I have a like the the army cap type thing. With with hats, I never ever wore hats growing up. Never ever. I, I kind of had, I had thick hair, and then when I was about thirty five, my hair started thinning. And then I was at a show once with a friend. I was at like a, a flea market or show. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was at a motorcycle show. And my friend gave me a hat with a motorcycle logo on it. I think it might have been a Harley hat, and I just put it on. And from that moment on, I've been wearing a hat every single day. I, think <laughs> I just goes, hey, you want a hat with our logo on it? I put it on. I'm like, I never really wear hats. But the combination of him giving me a hat and then the timing of me losing my hair at the same time, <laughs> I started keeping my hair shorter. And then I actually got used to having the visor over my eyes. I really enjoy having the sun block my eyes. And so when I'm not wearing a hat, I'm constantly squinting and having a hard time, even with just like regular light in the room. So having that that brim over my eyes really does help my eyes and so now i'm always just looking for a good comfortable hat i mean i've been wearing this filson hat which is destroyed now if you looked at it up close it looks like it's 100 years old but it was they gave it to me when i did that in may i've been wearing it every day since then and it's definitely a good shape that i like and it's comfortable and it's quality hat but now now i gotta figure out how to wash it because it looks horrible Mm. but yeah i'm always looking for the comfort i always I've always wanted to wear hats since I was a kid. And it was like, I would see one that I'd like and I'd buy it and I'd put it on and I'd be like, that looks really weird on my head. Just like never looked right. And so I could never, I just never wore hats. And then recently I found a hat at a Cracker Barrel. We were like on vacation somewhere and it was on one of our move trips or something. And uh, we were walking through Cracker Barrel and they had like this display of like camping gear and national parks stuff and there was this hat and i was like oh that's a cool design it's just like a tree on a trucker hat and i put it on and it actually fit my head and felt comfortable and i was like sweet i have a hat (laughs) and so now i have a hat but since i've been wearing a hat uh doing the renovation i found that i actually really like having it just for keeping the sweat out of my eyes from all the moving we did and all the crazy heat um, I was just pouring sweat, you know, getting in and out of that moving truck. And the days where I was wearing the hat versus not wearing the hat, uh, it was a pretty significant difference in comfort mm-hmm. and like staying cool and stuff. So now that I have one that I think I like, I'll probably end up wearing it a lot more, probably just during the summer, you know, as a way to keep sun out of my eyes and to keep the sweat off my face. But yeah. Yeah. Do what you... about, go ahead. Oh, 
I was going to go hearing protection since oh, okay. things yeah. wear. Yep. Do you guys do you guys ever wear hearing protection in the shop? I do. I got when I was had a deal with 3M. They gave me a bunch of like the tunes, the work tunes, which now are wireless. But I have from like six years ago. They are all with, with wires, and I do use them to listen to podcasts and stuff from time to time. But I, I often use those. We have like seven or eight of them because the, they gave me so many. And they're all beat up and old, but they still do the trick. They definitely keep the sound down. I wear them. Taylor puts them on when she gets this. She has them on the entire time, which makes it hard for us to actually have a chatty conversation because she's always like, uh, what? <laughs> what? Um, and I like them, too, because I can hold my phone in them. That's a, I gave that as a tip somewhere in some video, but they have like a nice tension to them, and you can just stick your phone underneath them. So you could walk around the shop and have hands-free conversation with them being stuck, your phone yeah. being stuck right to your head, even like the iPhone 7, you know, the big one. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I have um, this company, Isotune, sent me a pair of Bluetooth um, noise can or no- noise blocking uh, headphones, and I've been wearing them just because they're convenient. I've never used them to play music. I've only used them to protect my ears. That's uh, yeah, they're nice and small, and they're and they're convenient. And a lot, I don't really want music or podcast or books playing in my head when i'm working um usually i'm there with eric anyway so uh and then i have hundreds of the yellow squishy ones that you 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 squeeze and you stick in your ear my father he worked in a uh, a factory where they made disc brakes and he just brought home boxes of them so i have a lifetime supply of 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 earplugs Thanks to my dad. So I get to think of him every time I, I use them. Uh-huh. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I don't, um, I don't wear headphones too often. If I wear anything in the shop to block sound, I have some Harbor Freight big, just giant ear cup things that go over and they knock out pretty much everything. And they were super cheap. And the only time I ever wear those is if I'm doing like, uh, like the planer is super loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And... I feel like there's maybe one other the router. Yeah, the router and the table is pretty loud. But that's really about the only time I use those. But if the kids are in the shop, I'll drop those on one of the kids. Hmm. That helps too. But um, a couple of other things. When I was in a band and we played a lot, you know, when you play on stage, it's very, very loud because you usually have a drum set right next to you that's like uncovered and super loud. Your amps are all right there. So we had these, these uh, in-ear like uh they they were kind of shaped like a cone and they were called heroes mm-hmm. like the brand was called heroes and i'm sure there are other brands but that's one that we used and they're shaped like a cone so they they get progressively bigger so you can stick them in and the further you stick in the more sound they block and so if you just want a little bit of sound protection you just kind of like set them in your ears and they helped quite a bit but they also have a channel down the middle of them so there is some sound pressure gets through the center but you're blocking the outside like shape of your ear as to how much can come in overall. And so the those, thing that was really, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. And those, I, I believe, uh, if they're the ones that I'm thinking of, they're made to reduce all frequencies equally. Like yes. the yellow squishy ones do not. And right. so um, frequencies like voice are sound quieter, right? Yeah. Where the, the, the specialized ones, it reduces them all equally. And that's why we got those. Because, you know, in that setting, you want to be able to hear... Like, if you use the yellow ones, you'll hear bass and drums, and that's, like, it. 
But with these, you can still hear all the instrumentation, you can still hear the voices, just everything is brought down in volume. So I think that would also be a good thing to use in the shop. I've never actually used mine for that case. Um, another thing, if you want headphones that can you know, play music, but you don't want to go the route of getting uh, like really expensive noise canceling or whatever, one thing, I, I bought the stuff to do this and I never got around to doing it. They have this putty that is made for custom uh, earplug. It's just like, it's a soft putty. You stick it in your ears and you get it molded inside and you let it dry for like 10 minutes. It's a two-part mixture. You let it dry for a minute, 10 minutes and then you pop it out. And then you have perfectly molded plugs <laughs> that go in your ears. And so I saw an article years ago on, it was on Instructables or something, and they took this same stuff. They took a set of earbuds they pulled off everything off the earbud except the actual center speaker part. They took off all the plug. And then they, I don't remember exactly how they did it. I'd have to find the article. But they stuck that in their ear, and then they backfilled it with this putty, let it dry. And then you pull it out, and basically you have custom fit in-ear monitors that are, like, stop all the sound from coming in, but they still have the actual speaker for the, the headphone. So, like, if you wanted that type of thing, you can do that yourself without getting a really expensive in-ear monitor headphone made, you know, like a lot of musicians do. But hmm. anyway, so there's some options there for small stuff if you don't want, like, the big over-ear wraps or, um, yeah. All right. Um, what about everyday carry stuff? Oh, hmm. wait, you have something else? Uh, since I was, uh, I was just going to say respirators. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes, uh, I I have a um, RZ mask that, I, that I've been using, and what I like about it, it has a Velcro back, so it comes on and off very quick. And uh, I also have the 3M one, which has the elastic bands, which like tug at my neck. I do think the 3M one works a little bit better, maybe with my face shape, but the RZ is more convenient, and I'm more prone to use the more convenient one. Hmm. Now, there's different 3M ones that, like, I wonder which one you have. Um, because Good I question. tried one, one 3M one a long time ago. I got it at one of the local stores, and it just, it was, like, all weird-shaped and not comfortable and hard to get on and off for, like, clasps you had to do and all this stuff. And then I saw Bill Duran using one that he, he just, like, had a clip on the front. He would pop this clip up, and the whole thing would just drop down off his face. Hmm. And I'm like, whoa, what is that one? So I'm looking it up on Amazon. It's the 3M653QL Rugged Comfort Giant. Long name after that. <laughs> yeah, the names roll right off your tongue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's 17 bucks, and it's like you put a thing around your neck on the back of the neck, and then there's a piece that goes on the crown of your head, yep. and then there's a latch on the front. And when you pull the latch, the face part falls forward, so it gets out of your way really quickly. And when you want to put it back up there, you just snap this thing down, and it's locked in place. It's a good handy. <laughs> handy one to do i'll put a link to it we'll put links for all the stuff we're talking about if we can find them jimmy yeah i got the rz mask they sent me one i like that a lot i've been using that for mostly for like cleaning the floor in the shop because we get a lot of dust in there so when you sweep it's a big dust up so i put that on a lot um i definitely have a bunch of the old 3m ones i, I still even have new stock for several from my deal with them that i haven't opened recently brett opened one a couple days ago brand new one in the move, we found a whole box of them, like maybe 10 of them. And those masks cost like $40, $50 a piece. 
the the gray rubber ones with like the big sort of tombstone things mm. on each side of the face. I, I, I wish I remembered the model numbers of these things, but those are great. And I still have old ones that uh, if you there there's some for dust. Well, those are the ones that have the big pink circle, and the mm-hmm. ones for for fumes. Those are the ones that have sort of the tombstone shaped sides, and. I was told by my 3M rep at the time, he says, for the ones with the charcoal in them, you got to keep them in a Ziploc bag for them to last longer and work better. So if you open them up, if you pop open the things, they usually come in a little, uh, a little like potato chip type bag. You tear it open, and then you put them into the holders. And now they have a they have a, li- a shelf life, uh, the charcoal ones. And so he said to, to extend the life, just when you're done with it, put them into a big Ziploc bag. And that's what we were doing for a while. But they, they definitely work. I, I was using this chromium stuff, which is like bridge paint. It's super, super toxic up here at the house. And I was using it in the in the garage. And I had on that mask. I didn't smell one thing. And the minute like I cracked the mask, it's like I felt like I was in a gas chamber. And I had to close it right away. I mean, I was doing it in a ventilated area. Definitely super poisonous. And those, those masks work great. So when I do have to do something that's toxic, I put on the one with the tombstone sides. If I'm using dust, I use the one with the pink filters or the RZ, which is my most newest one. So the one, yours probably does this too, but the one that I use, the filters are all interchangeable now. That's right. Yeah, the face is the same, but the filters are different. Yeah. So like I bought the mask separately. It's 16, 17 bucks. And then I bought the filters in addition to that and I can switch them in and out depending Mm -hmm. on what I'm doing. So, um, do you have anything else? I also, I wear a hoodie. I, I usually wear a hoodie and it's primarily... Obviously for the cold, but more conveniently for the pockets in the front. So I always wear a zip-up Carhartt hoodie usually because I just like the cottony feel. And when it gets like overwashed, it's kind of dry and kind of chalky. I like that feel. And I use the pockets. I got like five of them that have like burn holes in them. The cuffs are all destroyed. And, you know, it's sentimental. I keep them until they basically walk off into the woods on their own, kill themselves. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, okay, I, I like that feel. So, uh, what about like everyday carry stuff? Do you have stuff that you always, I mean, I know Jimmy's is like 10 miles long and it would take another show by itself, (laughs) but like top, you know, top couple of things that you carry with, that you use all the time. At the end of the day, the most reduced thing is just my leather man. I got to carry it. And I still have my leather man that I made the the little pocket clip for. And Dave's holding up one too. That's it. (laughs) If I, if it's like, and I have nothing else, a Sharpie and my leather man, that's it. Just a leather man for me. Yeah. I, I um, carried a Gerber multi-tool for a long time, and then I lost it. But Gerber sent me a bunch of stuff. Just They're not sponsoring anything. They just sent me some knives and everything. And so I've been carrying like just one of their basic knives for a while. And I use it for all sorts of stuff, and it's lasting really well. It's holding up to the abuse. So, But I do kind of miss having a multi-tool. Um, and they have a really awesome one that I've tried to carry a few times, but it's gigantic. It's just like, it's too big to put in a pocket, and I don't really like the belt holster idea for me. So I need to find something else that's a little bit smaller, but still useful. Um, I've been carrying the uh, the Benchmade. It's a, it's an M390. It's a really sexy knife. It was uh, I bought this in Arizona a couple of years ago, driving through Route 40. It's really nice. I was on Interstate 40 in Sun, Sun Valley, Arizona. There's a Ophelia's knife shop, and every time I pass through there, I spend $1,000. <laughs> this knife was, I think this knife was about 250 bucks. Wow. And I've been See, carrying this Jimmy every day. And I can have, like, dueling knife <laughs> opening. Yeah, I have, to, I have to flip mine open. 
<laughs> and I always, uh, you know, another. I, I've been through this down. I've been down, but I always carry the 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 little micro, the uh, Leatherman micro. I always carry that. Do you use that like Zippo. you carry that in the big one? So I mean, what what causes you to use a small one versus a big one, or vice versa? This one is because the blade is always sharp. Because I only use it for surgery. I only use it for like taking splinters out, and so it has a tweezer on it, and it has a. Uh, a sharp, a very sharp knife, and a file. So I maintenance my fingernails with this, and I remove splinters with it. And that's exactly really what I use it for. <laughs> when I hang tips. out with my when I hang out with my buddies in Kentucky, they're always like, "Jimmy's got the first aid kit in his pocket." Like, like I got a big hickory splinter in my palm, Jimmy, and they give him the. Everybody, you know. So when I'm with a group of people and they know that I have the micro on me and they get splinters, they all, "Can I have your micro? Can I borrow your micro?" <laughs> Taylor asks for it all the time in the shop. She's like, oh. She's like, "I got a steel splinter. Give me the micro." So nice. yeah, that's that's mainly why I carry it, just for like skin maintenance. <laughs> skin maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do we have any other uh, shop clothing accessory tips? Uh, bandana is a must for me. If I don't have, I, I I lose them if I if I not conscious of where it is, and I misplace them. But when I do misplace them, it's really irritating. All day yesterday, I kept reaching for. It was actually the day I went to go pick up Chippy, so we were in Connecticut all day, and we were in Taylor's car. My car got like 35 bandanas stuffed under the seat, but in her car, they don't. So all day long, I kept reaching for a bandana in my back pocket that wasn't there because I left the house without one. So for me, it's a must. I always have to have one. And like I said, it's used for anything. Chippy threw up in the car three times on the drive home, and if it wasn't for like a piece of paper bag in the car, it would have been the bandana. Hmm. So Another thing I just thought of, um, I've been carrying this, uh, like I said, Gerber sent me a bunch of stuff and the, they have a tactical pin. Oh, I know yeah, Jimmy, cool. you've had some tactical pins, but yeah, sure. Yeah. I have a is, bunch of different ones. This thing is awesome. And that is cool I, looking. I wanted to try it out. Um, and now it's like, I used to carry a space pin, which is a little ink pen that gets down really short and it's, uh, it kind of, it gets to be short, like half the length of a pen. So it fits in your pocket. Yep. It's, it's great. You can write upside down with it and all this stuff, but I decided to try this thing, and it's got a um, a little steel tip, like a pinpoint. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can scratch the, glass with that. Yeah, you can etch things, you can poke holes, and I've ended up using that to mark like pieces of wood when I've been doing the flooring and all sorts of things, and it's really heavy. Like, if I threw this at somebody's head, it would probably knock them out. It's <laughs> a heavy piece of metal. Very durable and pretty cool looking, actually, too. So I, this has become something that I always have on me, and I end up using it a lot. But. Yeah, I, I like tactical pens. I have a bunch of different kinds. I, I actually, I lose them, so I'll go on Amazon once in a long while, and I'll buy like five or six different ones from just different companies. And they're usually about twenty bucks a piece. They're not too expensive. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Any other tips? Sharpies. Gotta have a sharpie. Mm. Sharpies. You I, know, uh, I, a while I go ago, phases where I carry sharpies, but I don't carry sharpies, but I have them all around the shop, and I. Th- think it was you bob that recommended the silver sharpies because you can Mm -hmm. write on anything with the silver you can't with the black and that's a great tip because i love my silver sharpies now yeah um and this guy uh sent me a bunch because i was at one point talking about how i didn't have a way to mark on steel and he sent me a bunch of different things to mark on steel one time just to be nice and it was like these white colored pencils, which I think you mentioned a long, long time ago, Jimmy. There was some yeah, type of the, colored pencil. The, the, the pencil. Stabilo, yeah, Stabilo. Uh, I use That's them it. constantly. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. They come in all colors. 
So he sent me a white one of those and then a white, a couple of white paint pens and I think maybe the silver Sharpies. And that's how I started using the silver Sharpies or something. But yeah, they're really <laughs> handy to have around. Yeah. I don't really carry any of that stuff on me, but they're all over the shop on purpose. Like I keep them distributed. You know, you guys want to hear something funny. What I do when I get like a, when I'm like when I was jamming, just doing lots and lots of woodwork all day long, I, I can never, I put my pencil down and I know where I put it, I pick it up and put it down. So in the beginning of the day, I'll go into the shop and I'll literally stuff both front pockets with like 10 pencils. <laughs> Halfway through lunch, half of them are missing. By the end of the day, I'm like chewing on the last one. And they're just placed back down. I'll, huh. I'll, I unconsciously, constantly make a mark, and then I just place the pencil down. I never, I'm so, my whole life, I don't just pick it up and put it right back in my pocket. Hmm. It's something about pencils. And then when I do a lot of woodwork, I want to write with a pencil because you always end up with that one Sharpie mark that soaks up through the paint. So I always use a pencil. I, I, the best thing is to just stuff your pockets at the end of the day. They're all gone. I don't like pencils in my pocket, but I did buy a 50-pack of wooden pencils on Amazon, and they're the kind that don't have an eraser. And so what I do is I sharpen both ends of them yep. and then just have them everywhere in the shop. Huh. And so there's always That's good, because if you lose one of them, you have the other... Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> Cut them in half and sharpen all four ends. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, I when I was started wearing a hat, I realized that like that was a great place for me to keep a pencil too. Whereas mm-hmm. like I if I if my hair is short, I can't stick it behind my ear and have it stay there. But I'll stick it straight up, like so it's vertical on my face up into the hat. And man, that was like the the best way for me to keep track of a pencil when I was doing. I do that a lot. I do stuff. that a lot. Yeah. Sometimes I, I have like a fit because I can't find my pencil and it's sticking out of the back. Of my <laughs> <laughs> it's like this post right by your eye that you can't ignore. I do but. this. I do it here. You see where I stick it? Oh. I stick it behind my ear or straight into my hat. Oh, see, I because stick mine up here. It my. irritates me because I can't do it because of my glasses. Oh, so yeah. I stick it behind my ear, behind my hat. And it's always Speak. like, and I'm like, where's my pencil? It's right here. <laughs> where's my pencil? Speaking of glasses, <laughs> I got glasses. Oh. What yeah. do you mean? You, you're 40 now? Yeah. I am, 40. I am yes. But, I, yeah, I had to go get my eyes checked recently, and now I'm going to have glasses. And I, don't, I only need them for, like, distance and driving and stuff. But I'm also taking it as, a, like, an opportunity to have, like, not lame-looking safety glasses in the shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. you know, I can just start wearing them for multi-purpose. But I just wanted to add that on since we talked about being old last year. It's like... Uh. Now I'm getting glasses, and when I was talking to the eye doctor, he was like, "Yeah, for right now, you know, you just need, uh, you know, you don't, you, you don't need them for the computer or anything. But about five years, you're going to need to come back and get some like bivocals." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man, yeah." <laughs> anyway, all right, cool. Um, if you guys have any awesome stuff that you like to wear in the shop or anything, let us know. It would be cool to have share some recommendations. You can do that on our um, Reddit. We have a subreddit, which is super cool. And you can get that get to that by going to makingitpodcast.reddit.com, I think. Is that right? I should really look these things up. <laughs> yes, makingitpodcast.reddit.com. Um, or on Twitter. You can send it to us at makingitpodcast. Oh, let me, let me uh, before we talk about what we're watching, let me advertise something for myself real quick. So a few weeks ago... Uh, I'm not going to talk about the backstory, but a few weeks ago, I started a Facebook group, an official I like to make stuff attached to my business Facebook group. And it's closed, but we're letting anybody in. It's not like we're just trying to keep the spammers out by having it closed. So if you want to be a part of it, just 
you know, go there and apply to it and we'll let you in. It's totally cool. But I've been blown away at how awesome the, the conversation and stuff in this group has been. It's, a, it's been great. About, it's amazing how fast it filled up too. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. We got about 1600 people in a very short amount of time and we're, we're locking down the content. So like if somebody posts something that's not related to making, we're trying to get them to take it down and not making a big deal out about it, but we're trying to keep it focused. And so people are posting their projects that they're making. They're asking questions about how to do things. They're, you know, they're showing off their content, not from a like, give me followers, give me subs kind of view, but like, here's what I make. And man, it's been awesome to see. And I think people are really digging it. So if you want to join in on that, we're trying to kind of build a community there of makers. So when you say we, you're not talking about us three, you're talking about you and just me and everybody there. It's like, you know, oh, okay. I, I thought you I were mean, talking about the you guys that, that help you with your, uh, your editing and stuff. No, no, no. I mean, it's just a, I like to make stuff as a community, you know. Oh, very I think, nice. Um, I'm, I'm very trying nice. to get everybody involved and, cool. you know, so, yeah, come do that. So, what have we been watching? There was an awesome video that came out this morning called Adam Savage Visits Third Man Records by Tesla. Oh, cool. And I about flipped out when I saw that because Adam Savage and Jack White, two of my favorite creators in the world, are together and it's a 30 minute video where he visits the third man records shop in detroit they have two they have one in nashville and one in detroit but the cool thing about the one in detroit is they have a brand new vinyl production facility it's like the first one in decades and it's super clean it's very environmentally friendly uh they care about the employees so they have all the all the big loud machines and like uh soundproof rooms and blast proof rooms because they use steam for certain things it's just a super awesome cool tour and adam savage also records the song there uh, for uh, hmm. uh what's his what's it what's the tour that he was doing uh, i'm drawing a blank he would not bring candy yeah um he recorded a song that he would play on the brain candy tour and he's getting a seven inch vinyl made that you can buy soon really cool huh very cool i'm going to talk about uh our friend winter gatan and i hope i'm saying his name right he's been a longtime supporter he owns the very first poster of if it's straight, if it looks straight, it is straight. He bought the very first poster, so uh, I want to thank him. Um, wait, 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 wait. Who is that? I have the very first print. He bought the oh, first print, but I oh, have the very first one, right? That's true. You know what just happened? Can you guys hear that music? No. <laughs> Jimmy's is, uh, they all say first print on the back of the <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. Go ahead. Guys, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm freaking out, but my, um, I, I can't. There's a video playing somewhere. I don't know where it's playing. I can't, oh my. We can't hear it. We don't hear it. Jimmy's going crazy. Oh, my gosh. No, it's, what are we going to do? Oh, you know what it is? It's the podcast music I picked. I don't know how it started. Last night, my vlogcast music I got from YouTube. Somehow it started. I don't know why it started. I didn't know where it was. All right. I'm sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> It's playing in my headphones, and I was like, I thought I was annoying everybody, just not me. Um, okay, so he... Just started a thing called Music Machine Mondays. This is the first. I'm going to read this thing. Welcome to the first episode of our completely new video series, Music Machine Mondays. And in this first episode, he talks about a machine made in 1914 that is a, it's a piano and it has four violins in it. And by pressing the keys, you're pressing the keys on the violin strings. I could be wrong, but it also has a paper tape in it, like a computer tape. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like a self-playing machine. It has two side by side, so you could play one song, and when that song runs out, you could have the other song ready to go, and then while that's playing, you could change the other song. So it, it's an incredible machine. It's a it's a, a big robot that plays four violins and has piano keys. Hmm. And, and this is the, for anybody that doesn't know. This is the guy that made the marble machine. That's right. His marble yeah. machine now. And what's amazing about this? This is the main reason I brought it up, and you just reminded me. He was at this museum somewhere, wherever this is, and he was inspired to make his marble machine. And he went and made his marble machine, got 50 million views on like one of the first videos he ever made, and he just donated that marble machine back to this museum, and they set it up, and it's there as, as on display, because he's now making a new marble machine, <laughs> new and awesome. improved. So yeah, so check him out and tell him that we sent you. It's, it's amazing. He's, very, he's a big part of the community. He's a great guy. Yeah, he is. He's great. Cool. Um, I have not been watching YouTube. I, how many weeks in a row have I said that? Um, five. <clears throat> you five. didn't watch one video about how to install a floor? Come on. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. No. <laughs> Is that but why I like did, the pieces look like they're upside down and right side? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally I like was sticking them to the walls for a while, and I was like, <laughs> I should probably go watch a video, but. Um, I did see a video from Mike and Lauren, and we've talked about them before, but Mike did a something that was interesting to me, and it's on my list to do. I'm going to do it differently than he did it, but he has an Amazon Echo Dot, the little Alexa thing, and he's using it through voice commands to control relays and different things in his shop. And this is something I want to do in my shop eventually and scale it up and kind of have it run in a different way, but... Uh, as a proof of concept, what he has is really simple and really cool. So he can tell Alexa to like he to press record, and he's got it processed so that that turns off the, like his stereo. It turns on the light. It starts the camera recording, and it turns off a fan or something like that. It's not just like one thing on and off. It's a process of turning things off to get them out of the way, turning things on so that he can record. And then he has a voice command that does a different sequence sequence to get it the other way around. And so I, I think what he has is a really awesome, uh, simple way for people to see like complex action that can come from voice command. So wow. it's pretty awesome. You should definitely check it out. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, you guys got anything else? That's it. Okay. Well, before we go, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. And especially, we have a lot more. This time, that's awesome. Make, build, modify. Chris Barton. Chris is. I want to talk patron. about Chris. Chris's channel is called A Glimpse Inside. So check yes. out A Glimpse Inside. He wants everyone to know that, and he has been a big fan of mine, a big supporter of all of us in the beginning. Yeah. We we hung out in Oklahoma. He's a great dude. He's he's so enthusiastic and and such a sweetheart. So thank you, buddy. He, he, yeah, he has got some really cool projects, and his enthusiasm on on his videos is really energizing. It's cool. He's a great guy. Um, also, Keith Decent, Ashley Stilson, Malt and Make, Corey Ward, Evan and Caitlin, Jedediah Schultz, and Wise Old Dow. That's way thank more names guys. than we used to say. Um, yeah, thank you to them and everybody else uh, from Patreon that supports us. And I think a reason, I said this last week, I think a reason that people are interested in supporting us there is because we now do an after show. So after this recording is finished, we'll keep talking about other junk for a while <laughs> secret stuff secret, secret stuff. stuff and I actually have secret things to talk to you guys about today Ooh. um and that goes on patreon only that's the only way you can hear it so if you want and as soon as it's done your computer just 
just disintegrate. Explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We destroy your computer when it, you're finished listening. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to, if you want that extra content or you want to support us, go to patreoncom slash making it. And we really appreciate it. Thank you everybody. Yes. Thank you guys. Cool. You guys got anything else? That's it. I love chippy. Oh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you guys. Sorry. Next week. Bye.